0: The Gospel according to Luke, chapter 22, verses 63 to 65. And the men that held Jesus mocked him and smote him. And when they had blindfolded him, they struck him on the face and asked him, saying, Prophesy, who is it that smote thee? And many other things blasphemously spake they against him. We want to see our Lord Jesus Christ here this morning. As he's held fast in the grip of men. Notice what it says there. The men that held Jesus. So there's one man, Jesus. Jesus. And he's being held by many men. And we have to ask, who is the man here? Who is playing the true man? The man as God made man to be. It's not these men of depravity and cruelty. The men. That's what men are, sinners. Depraved. Cruel. Wicked. Wicked. Botched, and we are the same apart from the grace of God. The men. They're not men at all. They're man possessed. They're devilish. They are utterly cruel because they have gentleness in their midst. They have sinlessness in their midst. They have a righteous man in their midst. And this is how they treat him. And we read how they treated him. They didn't only hold him. But they held him to mistreat him. To abuse him. They mocked him. That's the second thing. They held him. They mocked him. Mocked him to scorn. Laughed at him. Made fun with him, jested around him, belittled him, but not just mocking with words, with cruel actions also, and smote him. That's the third thing. They smote him. And when they had blindfolded him, that's another thing they did. He who gives us light. He who makes us see. He who unveils us. He who made the blind to see. Who takes away our blindness in his grace. They blinded him. Who unblinds us. And through whose blinding we became unblinded. They blindfolded him. That's the fourth thing. That's in the middle of these seven actions against Jesus this central one, this blindfolding of him, this putting him into the darkness. And then they struck him on the face. Always a very mean thing to do, to slap on the face, very low. These are not the actions of good men. No Christian should ever be involved in these actions. No Christian should ever treat fellow man in this way. And then they asked him, not in faith, but mockingly, prophesy, Who is it that smote thee? See how good a prophet you are now with your blindfold on. You can't see in the darkness. They have forgotten that the darkness is as the light of the Lord, that he sees in the night as well as in the day. That he sees with his eyes covered as well as with his eyes uncovered. They've forgotten the Psalms. They've forgotten that God sees all things. But they mock his prophetic office. And they don't stop at that either. Verse 65. Many other things blasphemously spake they against him. And the evangelist stops sir. We can write no more. But you know how awful a place it is. It was no rest for Jesus that night, I can tell you. It was night. The cock has just crowed. He hasn't slept. No rest for Jesus. They soon bring him to before the Sanhedrin for the judgment and then to Pilate. No rest for Christ. He enters into the unrest. The terrible unrest so that we might have the rest and not the unrest. So that we might be brought out of this unrest into the everlasting rest. Jesus has brought into this for our rest. There's a cost. He, he rests now in heaven because he rests with us around him at the foot of the Mount Zion. Holding Jesus, I want to think about that a wee bit more. They held Jesus, not by faith, but by force, not by love, as he ought to be held, embraced, but by hatred, cruel hatred, mocking hatred, torturing hatred. They hold him with depraved hearts. They hold him to harm him and hurt him. They hold him to break him and kill him. They hold him who holds us. They hold him who holds the world. In fact, he holds them who torture him. He holds their breath in his hands. He holds their life in his hands who made their life. He holds them as they hold him. He holds them with long-suffering and patience. And does not mistreat them the way they mistreat him, though he could have mistreated them thus. But he holds them in patience and long suffering who hold him thus. Why did he not smite them as they smote him? Why did he not cast them into darkness as they cast him into darkness? As he may cast us all into darkness? Why does he enter the darkness and leave them in the light? Why does he not smite them as he smote the fig tree? That's all he ever smote in his life, a fig tree that had no fruit, just shriveled up some leaves and a tree and some roots going to the tree. That's all he ever shriveled up and smote in his life. And even with these cruel men around him, he he does not smite them, though they smite him. He doesn't smite them because he sees. Even though he's blindfolded, he sees. He sees that they also are held. As they hold him, he sees that they're held by darkness. The darkness that unfolds him. He sees that they're held by that same darkness. He sees that they're held by the devil. That's why he doesn't smite them. He sees that the prince of the power of the earth is here. He sees that they're held by depravity. And they can't free themselves. They're held far more securely than he is held by them. And he sees what holds them. And he dies to free men of what holds them. And he won't go from their being held by them to free himself. Because he frees men. By being held still by them. This is our Christ. He won't be unheld. Because he dies for us. That's why he is not smiting them. He sees what holds them. It's not that they hold him. And he goes to the cross because they hold him. There's something more that holds them than that. His father holds him. And he commits all to his father who judges righteously. And his father holds him back. And his love holds him back too. Because it's love that binds him and chains him. To bring him to the cross for us. He holds himself with his love. So he won't smite smite them and free himself. But he would die for us. And his righteousness holds him, and his trust in his Father holds him. Does he do nothing? They do all. All the verbs are here, they're doing all the things. Jesus is sitting there, just passive, just taking it all in, just letting it all happen, as it were. Does he do nothing? He does one thing. He prays. We are sure he prays. He prays to his Father. As always the Psalms, Paul was praying to his Father, praying as he's held. I was reading the Psalms this morning. I was reading in Psalm 35, and I thought it was so appropriate to bring into this message just now. Psalm 35. What's Jesus doing? He's praying. And the thought occurred to me as I read this and Perhaps this is what he prays. And we read in the verse 15. In mine adversity. They rejoiced. Gathered themselves together. Isn't that what they're doing now? Rejoicing in his adversity. I have got you at last. Oh we're so glad. We're gleeful. They surround him. They gather together around him. The men. The cruel men. Yeah, the objects. That's what they are. They gathered themselves together against me. I knew it not. He's blindfolded. They tear me. Cease not. They keep at it. With hypocritical mockers. They mocked him. That's them. Hypocritical mockers. It's the Passover. They're going to the Passover feast that day. They're keeping themselves for the Passover They're the feast men. And here they have the Passover lamb. Jesus. The hypocritical mockers in the feast. Even the Passover feast. They gnashed upon me with their teeth. What does the Son of God say? Verse 17. He prays. Lord, how long wilt thou look on? Rescue my soul from their destructions. My darling from the lions. He prays. I'm trusting in thee Father. I'm looking to thee. My eyes are towards thee. And hope arises. And faith arises. And look at verse 18. Who for the joy that was set before him. Endured the cross. Verse 18. I will give thee thanks in the great congregation. I will praise thee. much among people. It doesn't look like it now. I'm in the midst of. The abject depraved people. Mocking me. Tearing me to shreds. Smiting me. It doesn't look like it now. But one day. I'll give thee thanks in the great congregation. One day I'll praise thee among much people. This is Jesus. Who for the joy that was set before him. This is joy. The joy of the great congregation. The joy of being with the saints. The joy of having all his redeemed around him. One day he'll be in the midst of them. Not among mockers anymore. Not not among smiters anymore. But among them. And he says I'll praise you in the great congregation. I'll give you thanks among much people. Far more number than these men. Who cruelly thus treat him. He'll be in a great congregation. He's here today. He's doing that today among us. In the church. Praising the father with us. In our union to him we praise the Father together. The Son and his body. The whole church praising the Father. Giving him thanks around this feast. This feast. And none of us are hypocritical mockers. But we're his friends. We're his friends around this feast. And we're thanking the Father with him. And he's enjoying it. Jesus is enjoying it being with us. He's enjoying being here among us. He's enjoying our fellowship. He's enjoying our worship. He's enjoying our praise. He's enjoying us eating his body and drinking his blood. He's enjoying it all. And he's no more in the place of humiliation, but he's here. In the place of glory. In the place of acceptance. And what do we do? What do we do here? Well, we've been thinking about this verb, held. They held Jesus. And what do we do? We hold Jesus. O oh, child of God, hold Jesus. Hold him with faith. Hold him with the embrace of love. Hold him with your heart. Hold him with your arms. Embrace him. Cling to him. Oh, he's endeared to us. We love him. And we hold him. We hold you, Lord Jesus. And we will not let you go. You're our Savior. You're our Redeemer. We we, we hold you. Remember how we read at the end of Matthew. Matthew 28 verse 9. Jesus met them. These women and Jesus met them. Saying all hail. And they came and held him by the feet. And worshipped him. Here he's held again. But not by mockers and not by the wicked. But by saints and by the holy and by the faithful. And they hold his feet because they're at his feet. And they're worshipping him as the God man. The glorious resurrected man. They're worshipping him. They're adoring him. They're giving him the worship and the glory of God. He's our God. My Lord and my God, Thomas said. And they, they hold his feet. And they worship him. And we hold him like that you remember the woman in the Song of Solomon? The Bride, Song 3, verse 4. It was a little that I passed from them, but I found him whom my soul loveth. I held him. Do you see that? I held him. would not let him go until I had brought him into my mother's house and into the chamber of her that conceived me. A very personal room. A very wonderful room. A room of life. A room of birth. A room of blessing. A room of love and affection. I brought him into that room. I held him. I would not let him go. That's how we hold Jesus. Oh, brethren and sisters, let us hold the Lord. Let us hold our Jesus. And nothing else besides. May the Lord bless these few words to you.